The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast with Seth David and co-host Erica Ed. If you've ever wanted to know the real story behind the most successful business leaders in the world today, stay tuned. Every story doesn't have an instant success, peaches and cream background. We'll ask the questions that need to be asked and get the true stories of success. Now, here is Seth David and Erica Ed. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. My name is Seth David, and I'm here with my co-host. Hey, guys. I'm Erica Ed. And we have an amazingly special, incredible, superb, spectacular, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious guest today. But first, Erica, do you know what I did this morning? I'm going to go out on a limb here. You logged into QuickBooks Online. I did. You nailed it again oh, on the first guess. I went into QuickBooks Good. Online this morning, made sure I wasn't running out of money. I absolutely love the QuickBooks Online product. I love the mobile app because you know what? If, I really, if I'm really excited about it, before I even get out of bed, because my mobile device is my alarm clock, as soon as my alarm goes off, I can open it up, open up the QuickBooks Online mobile app, and I can, I can even update my bank feeds from my bed. I know. Imagine. The, actually, the app is super cool. I'm actually digging the app. So you can access yeah. it anywhere, anytime. Yep. Anywhere. As long as you're not in some remote third world country that doesn't have internet yet, right? Probably wouldn't be concerned about my balances if I was there anyway. Maybe I would. I don't know. Anyway, QuickBooks Online, just get it. Just use it. We've had several of our guests that use it. I'm pretty sure our guests that we're talking with today uses QuickBooks Online. So while we're at it, let's bring her on, the one and only, the incredible, spectacular Dawn Brolin! <laughs> what is happening, Dawn? Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be here with you two crazy people. Um, yes, and I uh, log into QuickBooks Online. I, I switched my company over. I'll make this like the big announcement, right? So for you I, especially, because you were a big desktop lover for the longest time. I remember you kind of saying, like, you know what, QuickBooks Online is just not going to happen. Well, you know, I still am a desktop lover. Don't <laughs> don't get me wrong, but uh, I do log into QuickBooks Online. I use QuickBooks Online for my own company, um, and I felt I, the reason why I did that is that I wanted to experience what my clients were experiencing. And I felt like I wouldn't be a great advisor if I didn't really know the product. And so, you know, being ethical, being a you know, certified fraud examiner and a CPA, I've got, I've got this standard of ethics. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't believe in the product, I shouldn't be promoting it. And so I, I embraced it tremendously. I love that. That's why I like to say, you know, you never want my opinions about anything, but if I've had the experience, you're welcome to it. So if I'm going to share experience on something, I should actually have experience with it. Mm -hmm. Right? Exactly. Right. That's exactly. It sounds logical. Common sense, which of course we know is not common. I think Spock would agree. Yes. I agree agree with him. So by the way, um, while I have you, I've always wanted to ask you this. Um, Star Trek or Star Wars? Neither. Really? Okay. (gasps) Not a geek. Law and Order, uh, Shark Tank, The Prophet, those are my gigs. And sometimes a little bit of, um, what's that show, uh, um, Deadliest Catch, because I like to, to see some action. It is right. a little intense. Yeah. All right. Um, okay, then. 
Okay. All right. So let's we end the podcast now because I'm not a Star Wars we, or a Star Trek. You know, no, we can still go on. You know, just okay. duly it noted. Does, does right. Change. Dawn is not a geek. What's that, Erica? <laughs> it does change things a little. <laughs> it changes things. I'm I'm in a little judgment here. It'll, <laughs> it'll subside. <laughs> I totally understand. It's okay. We'll still be besties. No worries. No, I, I'm a I'm an SVU girl. I like that show. Oh. Love I love all those shows. I love Criminal Minds, actually. Criminal Minds oh, is one yeah. of my favorites because I like the whole profiling you. thing, right? Yeah. Do you one profile my- your fraud people that commit fraud that you're going after? Always. And you know, it's what's interesting about that. I've, I'm trademarking this. So don't, I have to get that done before I release this, this podcast. But I have declared myself as an accounting pathologist. I like it. Ooh. Dan Hood loved it. I, 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 you know how I classify myself as an accounting sociopath. Also awesome. Right. They're, yeah. It's, I think it's perfect. And I, I believe that that is actually extremely accurate. <laughs> Cause I just don't care about your account and, <laughs> as long Does as it's that right. Make you a sociopath or a psychopath. I'm always confused. Yeah. Those have seen the same thing to me. <laughs> so anyway, before we get too far down this rabbit hole, um, you know, I want to talk about some important things, Don, because recently you got the designation again of the most influential women, one of the hundred most influential women in accounting, right? I always scroll down that list and I'm so disappointed that I'm not on it. I mean, I get know, it. I can shave my legs if people needed me to. <laughs> no, but this is not just women, buddy. Oh, it's the top 100 most influential people. That's right. You're right. So I could actually qualify, but I don't think those people over in that part of the accounting world like me very much. I'm probably too much of a loud mouth. So yeah. anyway... Yeah. I want to talk about, I want to go back. I want to take you back. I want you to close your eyes, take a deep breath, right? And think back to what it was like when you were a young little whippersnappet, right? <laughs> what were you into as a kid? Were you, I mean, did you know as a kid that you're going to be like this amazing certified fraud examiner or what were your interests back then? Well, then and still now, athletics. I, may, I do not necessarily represent the profile of an athlete at this point in time, but um, <laughs> But I was all about playing rundown in the street, basketball, full contact football in the backyard, broken arms, all kinds of stuff happened. Uh, so I was a major, major sports enthusiast. Okay. And I let still me, am let today. Me, let me take you back. What is rundown in the street? Yeah. Oh, goodness. You get you have two rocks. You have a rock at you know, a certain distance. You have a rock at the other one. And, and what happens are two people play catch with a baseball. And what happens is the person on one rock tries to get to the other rock without being tagged out. So it's like a rundown scenario. Got it. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And sometimes if you didn't like the person, you threw the ball directly at them. Well, that's what dodgeball was for, though. Correct. But we like to use a hard ball. I was going to say, yeah, you guys were playing with rocks and baseballs. Correct. <laughs> yep. Anybody lose an eye? I mean. <laughs> well, only in that we had a chestnut. Che- you know those chestnuts are pretty big? We had a yeah, chestnut. Yeah, we, we had a little, we, we used to have teams and you'd hide behind a, you know, a rock or a tree and you'd whip those chestnuts at each other. And one kid did get hit in the eye with a chestnut. He's fine. Chestnuts <laughs> roasting on an open eyeball. There's no crying and rundown in the street. Yeah, there's no crying and rundown. None. Yeah. <laughs> do or do not. There is no cry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a, that was a Star Wars reference, though. So you can't. Well, you, I don't, yeah, I don't even yeah. know. What you're um, anyway, so but, so sports, and somewhere yeah. in the midst of all this heavy, active sportswomanship, right? Because yep. if there's sportsmanship, there's also sportswomanship, right? Is correct. that yeah? And maybe they have those, 
Well, these millennials have these new words for it. I don't have any idea. It's like, you know, it, sports personship, right? So it's yeah. completely non-denominational as to gender. Right. Exactly. Sports so personship. Yeah. So now, anyway. sports personship sounds more to me like a spaceship that's going to take athletes away to another planet. But anyway, yeah. um, so, so what happened was in my high school, we had like, it was 38, graduated with 38 people. So it was a fairly small, you know, class, and at least that I had. And they ran one accounting class. One. And in where'd you grow up, by the way? Uh, in Chaplin, Connecticut. Okay. Itty bitty. Fine with me. Love it. Never leave, probably. I live in Wyndham now, which is about three miles from there. And how far um, is all that from, like, places most people would be familiar, like Greenwich or Westport or... So Bridge. we're about 30 minutes Port. east of Hartford. Okay, got it. And you, I always say UConn or Eastern. You know, if you, people know where UConn or Eastern Connecticut is, uh, State University. So right. anyway, so I, I was in this accounting class, and they came in, and they took this packet, and they threw it on our desks, and they said, you're in business. <laughs> like, well, am I really going to make money? Because this would be awesome. I mean, you know, I'm in school, and I'm making money. So, you know, they sat down and we learned the old-fashioned way because they didn't even have accounting software, I don't think, back then, except maybe DOS. But, you know, they said, okay, well, this ledger has to be put onto that one, and that main ledger has to all tie out and match up. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ooh, it's a puzzle. <laughs> so it was kind of like, you know, and I'm not really a puzzle person, so I don't know why I refer to that, but it was so awesome. I knew at 16 years old I was going to be an accountant. That was, and, and I feel misguided a little. So at 16, so, in, it, but let me qualify this. It was really in case rundown didn't work out in terms of becoming a professional sport. Right. Yeah. This is my backup. This plan. was your backup plan. At 16, you already knew you were going to be an accountant. I think that's interesting. I, yeah. If you asked me at age 16, if I was going to be an accountant, I would have said no effing way. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just, and it's funny because everyone's always like, you know, you know, you're so into sports and you, you know, actually have a personality. So we don't understand why you do accounting. Like, what is that? How is that? This seems so disconnected, but I just, I just loved it. I even went, now this is, this is going to be profound. Mm-hmm. I All right, went, everybody quiet. Everyone be quiet. I went to college and knew what I wanted to do. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So I, that was I, my mind blowing. That, that was, that was a big explosion right there. But I mean, I, and I was recruited for sports. So I played my freshman year. I played soccer, basketball, and softball, all three. Wow. Took a full load of classes, worked and did accounting. So, and I actually, this is, here's the second, this is going to, this is going to annihilate you two. Not only did I do that, I only did the three sports freshman year and then just two sports um, in my uh, sophomore, junior, and senior, because in basketball at my high school, all I had to do was outscore the other team, like myself. Mm-hmm. It was like me <laughs> against five. And so when you get to college, they want you to play defense. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I'm just going to outscore the other team. And so I was like, this maybe not for me. Um, so I got rid of that. But uh, I gra- this is here. It's going to blow you away. Graduated in four years. Wow. Do people not do that these days? Do they not graduate in four years typically? Well, sometimes there's strategy. Most of the time, you know, it's with a wonder plan, we call it. Wonder when I'm going to graduate. And uh, parents get fairly upset about that. Um, strategically, as an athlete, sometimes if you got hurt one year, you can redshirt and, and play a, in the fifth year of your school. So they take two classes and, you know, they stay in school to play sports. Right. right. Yeah. And I get that. So now, well, this, well, actually, let me not get ahead. I was going to ask you a question that's more appropriate for the next segment, probably. So, all right. So, 
sports, but accounting, you knew that's what you wanted to do. So you kind of knew the sports thing, all kidding aside, was not something you were going to pursue professionally. It was just something you did because you loved it, right? But really, it was accounting that was at the heart of what you knew you wanted to do at age 16 because you liked putting the puzzle together. Absolutely. Plus, you know, one plus one is always two. Economists don't believe that and other, you know, types of financial uh, professions. But I know in accounting, it has to be one plus one. See, I've had clients in a certain sector of the economy where I've told them one plus one is whatever you want it to be. I'm just saying. Yeah. And that's okay. You know what? Everyone has their opinion. and No opinion is wrong. Right. Unless it's it's not mine. Right. Right. (laughs) (laughs) so so all right so it was the puzzle which i totally get that i remember when i was interviewing early in my my young days as a young whippersnapper um i was interviewing with ernst and young actually and uh, the interviewer asked me why do you want to be an accountant and i said because i like to organize things that was an answer i had rehearsed because i figured i was going to get that question or something (laughs) along its lines so i had rehearsed that answer with my brother my brother was older than me and in those days especially probably still true today um very much a mentor to me you know i would lean on him for guidance and uh and that was the guidance he gave me back then he kind of he 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 rehearsed me for potential questions i get asked and what i should answer them with and and that was one of them i was i remember being so excited when i got that question in the job interview because i was like i i know this one (laughs) (laughs) you know the whole name thing i stumble over that but i knew (laughs) but this one i know yeah well what was your name i i don't know man i just i wasn't prepared (laughs) (laughs) that is so great i love it so did you, I mean, did you know that there was, I mean, did you know forensics was going to be a thing you'd be interested in or is just general accounting? You just knew. And then did you know it was going to be the CPA track? Did you have your heart set on working for a big, those days it was probably big eight? Yeah. Uh, never wanted to do that. Never right. wanted to go to a big firm. Um, never really thought, I mean, who wouldn't dream about being a CPA, but never really took it like I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, graduated from college and I just was like, I'm going to go uh, manage a package store. I think that's what I'm going to do in my life. So okay. that's what I did out of college and then got married and had the kids. And so that's where, you know, and then after that is like the really great meat of what transpired from 1999 to today. Hmm. Okay. So you graduated college in 99? I graduated in 92. 92. Oh, 90. So 99. Was that when you started thinking about coming back in? That's yeah. That's when I started a bookkeeping practice. Mm-hmm. Got it. So, so you had the accounting degree from which school again? Eastern Connecticut State University. Eastern Connecticut State University. Okay. Mm -hmm. My head is always trying to figure the acronym for everything. FAF. (laughs) F-A-F. We'll get to to FAF later for those listening at home. We'll explain what FAF means. Hashtag (laughs) F-A-F. So. It's not what you think. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what somebody would think on that. Um, All right. So we got, so we got the accounting degree. Didn't, so you didn't take the CPA exam right out of college. Or did you? Actually, I did and failed it miserably. It was back when you would go into a, a, a hangar, like a pl- airplane hangar, mm-hmm. and it'd be like 5,000 people taking the test. And in order to go to the bathroom, you had to bring your license and you had to go basically <laughs> oh naked. You know, yeah, you know, it was crazy security because they didn't want people taking the test on behalf of other people yeah. and being yep. paid to take the test. I took it in New York City. In, in a place like that, like it was, I, I think it was like on South Street Seaport or something in one of these big wide open rooms, just mm-hmm. desks everywhere and proctors that you just wanted to, something about them made you want to punch them in the throat. 
Yeah, they were not really nice. They're probably- yeah, they were. <laughs> they, were. <laughs> they were like, you are guilty until proven innocent. Exactly. <laughs> and they gave us these little calculators that had these teeny buttons on them. And you were like, if you were, if you had fat fingers, man, you were screwed. Oh, yeah. And that's probably an appropriate part of the podcast. But, you know, <laughs> you, could, you just couldn't do anything. Right. Or if you had blurred vision, you know, perhaps from some of the chemicals from the night before, never mind, different podcasts, different, different day. Podcast for that. Um, so, all right. So you did, so you did take it, but you failed it. But at some point later you took it when, after yeah. entering into the workforce, was that something you did or wanted to do right away or that came about later? Cause you said you started a bookkeeping practice, so you really don't need a CPA for that. Right. right. Yep. You're just, you're just doing the bookkeeping for people. But I think uh, I'm going to guess you probably experienced what I experienced because I also had the accounting degree. Actually took the CPA exam in my last semester of college because Pace University where I went gave you, let you accumulate enough credits and prepared you for that. And listen, there were four parts then. I think there still are now, right? Still Mm -hmm. four parts. And I was within five points of passing two of them, 10 points of passing the other two. Do you know how pissed I was? Oh, yeah. I could have had a CPA exam passed before I even graduated from college. I was so close. That's why I went to drugs and alcohol right after I graduated college. <laughs> That's why I went to the package store and just was like, I'm just going to, not only am I going to drink, but I'm going to sell it to other people too. Right. All right. Well, this is great stuff. We got to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue into the um, what happened part of your story, Don. I want to find out what happened to you, with you, for you, on you. And then um, so we'll come back from the short break and we'll continue. All right. Love it. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to QuickBooks books.intuit.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice America talk radio network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. Nerd Enterprises Incorporated is a numbers agency. We offer a wide range of services, from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections. Our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises, Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded, so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit nerdenterprises.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Oh. 
You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. That's Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. Welcome back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast, everyone. I'm still here with Erica, my co-host. Hey. And Dawn's still here. She hasn't left yet. Nope, yeah. not leaving. We All right. We didn't run her off. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So uh, when, we, when we took our short break, we were talking about taking the CPA exam, right? And, uh, and how it used to be. I don't know what it's like today. Um, I what's it? So Dawn, tell us what that, what, what it, well, yeah, tell us what it's like from what you know, your experience taking the CPA exam today compared to when we took it, the way we were just describing in these big rooms with these nasty proctors. Yeah, like three, day, four, uh, three days in a row, you sat in a room and, you know, took that handwritten small calculator test. Now, mm-hmm. uh, they give you 18 months to pass the exam, all four exams. Oh, wow. Oh, no, don't think that that's a big, that's like easy breezy people. So, mm-hmm. 18 months, but they've ch- the, the exam has changed tremendously. Mm-hmm. So, you have to go to a Prometric site. So you go in and, you know, put your little headphones on, they frisk you and everything. And when you go to the bathroom, they take your picture. When you come back, they take your picture. Um, But you take them one at a time. So for, you know, if they fail, if you don't, so this is what happened to me. This is so fantastic. So you have 18 months. I took the first test. It was audit. And I failed it because I've never been involved in audit, actual like financial statement audits. Mm -hmm. Boring. No, thank you. Okay. So I had, I knew I had to take that again. So that's cool. So I went and took the business one and, uh, you know, passed that one. And it was, I believe, February 28th of 2000 something. Uh, I want to say like 2011 ish or whatever, regardless, I passed the first one. Now, now the clock starts ticking. So now you've got to study and study and study for the, you know, the next three. So um, they can, they'll send you Becker. I used Becker, loved it. They send you the disc, you do self-study. Well, I decided, cause I can do a lot of different things when I'm supposed to be watching a video and learning something. <laughs> so I decided sitting at home and watching the videos, you know, the training videos was not going to play to my strengths. <laughs> so I literally drove about 40 minutes to Rocky Hill where they had a, a location and it was a live class. Well, it was live because there were people there that were alive. And so, uh, and they played the DVD. Oh, that's uh, hilarious. So you drove somewhere to watch the same thing you could have watched at home. Yep. I left my cell phone, <laughs> left the cell phone in the car, no distractions whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And that worked for me. I went to their final reviews. Like it was just, I had to, for me, I had to go all in with it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I passed that exam and I, and then I passed financial, which was, you know, I think I got an 80, a way overachiever right there. Mm-hmm. You know, my first test, I got a, I passed with a 75. Yep, that is 75. And I printed... Oh, 75 I, is passing? I thought it was less. I thought it was like 65 or 70. It's 75. Okay. And I I, uh, I printed 100 copies of it. You know, when you go <laughs> off the site to go see if you passed, you're like literally convulsing. Your whole... Your, everything's falling apart. So... <laughs> I, I see it, it says 75, and I'm like, print, print, print. They can't take that away from me, print, print. I think I swore I printed 100 copies. <laughs> and then, so what ended up happening, I passed the other parts. So I had to take audit again. And I'm like, oh, man, this is my nemesis. So because I like to, you know, keep things interesting, I took it on the last day 
of the 18 months before that other business one would fall off. (laughs) And I, and you know, if you want to talk about like hard and that's during tax season, let me alert you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I got the, I ended up getting, you know, passing the fourth part and, Awesome. So now that was sort of self-imposed hardship, right? Because you yes. created your own stress by waiting literally to the last possible day <laughs> to take that exam, which I get. I get the whole masochism, you know, concept. <laughs> Some people work better under my extreme kids, pressure. Absolutely. You know? you, my kids were eight and nine. Mm-hmm. My kids were fairly young. And so on the weekends, my husband would take the kids up to his brother's and I literally would study all weekend. Right. Now, was yours, I'm curious because we also skipped a lot in the timeline, right? Because you said when you got out of college, you, you, you went to become a mother and you, you did that for a while. And then in 99, I think you said you came back into the workforce just to do bookkeeping, right? Right. And so let's back up there for a minute. Cause, and then we'll fast forward back to this. Cause I feel like we missed a lot in between. Yep. Um, so starting out a bookkeeping firm, what was that like? First of all, so that was 99. We didn't yeah. have the technology. We weren't playing on the landscape that we're playing on today for sure. Yeah. Right. So what was it like? Describe that. So um, we were building an in-law apartment for my parents and I had a newborn and a one-year-old. Because if I'm going to do things, you know, I'm going in a buck ten, you know. So <laughs> I have these two beautiful little people that I don't have any idea what to do with them. I can't even believe they let, them t- let me take them home. Um, but they're alive still, thriving, so that's great. We're proud of ourselves there. Um, and so, I, so uh, the guy who was building the in-law apartment, his bookkeeper, who was doing bookkeeping on the side outside of his, you know, his normal business, he said, hey – do you want to do my books? Cause my bookkeeper's quitting and you have an accounting degree. Right. And I'm like, looking at the kids and looking at him. I'm like, I have an accounting degree. I can totally do it. It's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, okay, what am I going to do? So my husband, he was in, involved in construction and we, he got an opportunity to re roof a barn. So I said, well, I got to buy a computer. I don't have a computer. I'm going to buy a computer. So I helped him. We hand, uh, it was a 40 square, a roof, which is fairly large if you're not familiar with roofs. Um, and we had to hand um, strip it. And it had planks. And a lot of them were like, there were holes in it. So we went and we worked on that roof. And I, I don't know, I can't tell you how many times. So I you actually did construction work with him to make the money to buy your first computer to get your first bookkeeping client. Yeah. That's it's crazy. Awesome. You know, my yeah. dad is a roofer and I used to roof for him during summers of college. I, it's no joke. It is, no it is joke. hard work. It is. So it I is, you know, it's funny. I have a similar story. I dated a girl for a while in my college days. Yeah. It was basically my college days um, who at the time, uh, one summer that we spent together, there were roofers working on one of her neighbor's roofs. And apparently one of these guys was a crackhead. And he came oh. pounding on her door one night at about one in the morning, hoping to get some money from her. Anyway, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's, that's all true. Yeah. So, so getting a computer. And then I went to Staples because who doesn't love Staples? Now, do you remember that computer? Because I remember the first computer I bought specifically to take on my first client. You know, I, I was so excited. I went to Best Buy. They had like zero interest financing. I was like, perfect, because I couldn't afford a computer. Instead of, I didn't get the opportunity to do construction work to raise the money for it. I just had to finance it. But, <laughs> yeah, but I so still have it. It's in a loft in my back. Anyway, go on. I think it was this big. My first laptop was this thing. Those big giant bricks? Like those, oh, yeah. Those kind, yeah. Yeah. And so it was the screens that had the long back, you know, one of those. Oh, kind yeah. of it was actually one of the bricks from the roof that you turned into. Yes. A computer. <laughs> well, yeah. I used that for my chair. 
But, um, so I go to Staples, and, and this is literally how it happened. I did no research. I did no nothing. I walked in, and I saw the green box. And I said, well, I like green. That was my, my high school colors, green. Oh, my God. And I'm like, okay. So I pick it off the shelf. I go home, and I figure it out. What year was this? 1999. So that was like a really early version of Crookers. That was barely into Windows by then. Exactly. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. So that's how I, so I did the bookkeeping. I hired my sister-in-law. And so she worked with me um, from 99 until uh, the end of 2004. So I did bookkeeping specifically. Then I went, so I went back for my master's degree. because so I was like, I really, I really feel I, did, I sucked at the exam initially. I got to learn how to learn again. So, but I was grandfathered to take it without a master's degree, but I felt like it was important enough that I need to go get my master's in accounting. So I'm back to Eastern Connecticut State University. So I worked full time on my business. I went to school for two years in a row, two nights a week, plus the summer sessions and all that crap, graduated in two years. And then when I was there, I met another fellow student. And then I also had a CPA that I was working with to do tax returns for me, for my bookkeeping clients. So I said to each of them, hey, let's form a partnership. I feel like I need to learn from smarter people. You know, that's, you know, always want to learn from smart people, not dumb people. That's a good choice. Just in case anyone ever was wondering which way you should go. Try well, you know, the dumb people approach could be good because you could learn like what not to do. Yeah, true. It true. just takes longer. If you're learning from dumb people, it takes longer to learn it than does. Those it really does. smart people. Yeah, I agree. So from 2005... To April 4th, 2011, um, I was in a partnership with a couple of other people. And one of them was a CPA. One was working on her CPA and has subsequently passed, uh, excuse me, passed her exam. And I w- t- was, you know, kind of like starting to take my exam and everything. And I'll, uh, really what just the relationship didn't uh, formulate the way I had anticipated. How politically correct was that? Pretty good. That was very politically correct. Yeah. Basically, in your opinion, your partner sucked, something like that? Or? Um, no, that's going to be your opinion. Yeah, I will confirm or deny. <laughs> <laughs> no, not going to say. Actually, I learned not a lot. Yeah, no, I, lo- I learned a lot from them. Right. They really taught me so much that I would have never known just staying in, a, in my bookkeeping business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that was, that was a real positive. And, and by coming out of there, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do hosting. I knew I didn't want to have local a local server. I knew I wanted to implement. Wait, this is already back in '99 because hosting was was that even a thing? 2005. 2005. This was so. This was later. Okay. Yeah, this was later, and so I really and I I'd been to, you know, they weren't really a big fan of like going to conferences and stuff. But then I started speaking for into it, so I started to learn about applications, and I was really passionate about it. And I just you know I just embraced it so much, and I, I wasn't really able to you know, blossom in, into, you know, an application psycho like I am now. Um, and, and what a flower you are, by the way. A, a really beautiful, flowery, wonderfully smelling flower. <laughs> well, because I did, I did, no, I didn't shower for you today. But um, so anyway, so I, I, I went off, I'm going to say, this is kind of like the restart of Dawn Brolin. Mm-hmm. No. Now, let me ask you something, because we've covered a lot of ground, actually, so far. And yeah. you kind of talked to the fact that when you were starting out, you, you didn't even have the money to pay for a computer. You had to do some construction work alongside your husband to raise the money. So I guess your husband was still pretty much just starting out himself. Was, this a, was the construction a new business for him also? 
No, no, he, he had been doing it. Okay, but he, but still, there wasn't enough for you to just go out and buy a computer. I want to hear what besides that, or maybe that was the big one. I don't know. But what were some of the struggles you encountered along the way from there until until where we are now in the story? And what yeah. did you do to overcome them? Like, t- talk about that a little bit because I yeah. know a lot of people listening are probably going through something similar right now. Definitely. You know, and, and I think I would guarantee because I'm still we all still go through it like we're never they're never going to not go through this stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was things like I just picked up QuickBooks. There wasn't really any formal training. I mean, I went to MB Ramondi's um, one of the one of the update tours they used to do in Hartford. She used to do it for me. And uh, and I used to get MB like I just, you know, hands down to MB. So um, <laughs> anyway, so there wasn't a lot of training, though. Right. So it was really a lot of figure it out yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'd, I'd do something for a client and I'd mess it up. And so I, it, I would grab my laptop. It was about, like I said, about this thick. Grab <laughs> my laptop. Bring right. it in and the for the, everybody else is listening. So Dawn just kind of held her hands apart quite a bit. Basically, it was one of those old, like, brick-sized laptops like we are oh, talking about. Yeah, it was huge. I still have it. So anyway, um, yeah, so I, you know, it was a lot of self-teaching and the struggles were, you know, there was no real reference to procedures. There was no real reference to checklists or, or like the, like the po- a podcast like this where I could learn from Seth David. Like it wasn't so prevalent back in 2000, in 1999, it was basically non-existent. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of time, I would say probably in the 2008, 2007, 2008 time. Well, 2008 was when I did my first video. There you go. See? And it wasn't even MTV, MT, uh, what is it? Uh, it wasn't MTV. MTV <laughs> uh, Friday night video at midnight. You could only watch uh, music videos for 30 minutes. Right. But, um, you know, so it was just really for me, it was like I just had to figure everything out for myself. Yeah. Which, which I don't mind doing, but at the same time, I would work 15-hour days every single day. Mm-hmm. Just and, to figure um, it out and learn. Now, were you billing by the hour at that time? Yeah. Oh my goodness. So how did you gauge what to build them for or what not? Because I know, I know how I did it. I know that like you, I struggle the same way. Plus in my case, I don't like to learn from others. I like to figure it out for myself. Cause then when I do learn it, I understand it so much deeper sure. that sure. way. I mean, I remember responding to an ad years ago on Craigslist from somebody who put an ad up saying they needed somebody to help support uh, one-on-one trainings for clients who needed help with accounting for real estate with QuickBooks. You know, and this was property management. The guy wrote a book and he was teaching it at these apartment associations and he didn't want to deal with the one-on-one. So he was looking to hire somebody to support that. I went in there and I didn't know a thing about how to do accounting for real estate, <laughs> but I met with him at a Starbucks and we were, as, as we were talking, I'm, one thing I'm really good at is listening and paying attention. And so I picked up all the information I needed just from what he shared with me about what his book was about and how to set up the customer structure and all this. That's how I learned stuff is I just watched what others did and learned by looking Kind of like, because I did work as an auditor, and the classic way that you audited the books from one year to the next is they would tell you, look at last year's work papers and copy them. <laughs> that was literally <laughs> what, how you learned how to learn accounting. Just copy what somebody else did, and then yeah. update the numbers, whatever you have to do. Yeah. So. Wow. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And it, you know, it was really interesting. And so there was a lot of self-teaching, and it was great. And it was, you know, I, and when, when I got stumped on something because I couldn't figure out how to do it in QuickBooks, I'd go to bed. Honey, we're not even talking. That you know, never mind anything else. We're just not even talking because I have. He's like, and so every time I would come in and he'd see me with the brick, he'd be like, "Oh, you got stumped again, didn't you?" I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to bed till I figure it out. And that's just how I lived for a long time, mm-hmm. just doing yeah. that. 
But yeah, and, and now I, th- I don't want to say it's easier now because it's not. Because now you have to navigate applications, new technology, AI's coming, and I can't wait for it. I wish it was here now. It's here. It is. And it's here. It's just not as, it's not where I want it to be yet. So, yeah. you know, I just, so there is, it'll always be something. And we're moving at light speed now. Back then it was years. Mm-hmm. Now it's months. But I like what you're saying because, I mean, I, I've, I t- I've taught myself a lot of things. And until I met Seth as well, I was, I had t- was self-taught QuickBooks, you know. Um, and obviously, now that I work with Seth, I'm, I'm a lot more advanced and I understand a lot more fundamentally what, what, what is what. But sure. I, I love that there is all of this new stuff. And we do have to keep teaching ourselves because if we don't, we, we get left behind. But I love that you're open to it. And I think that's the sort of takeaway here is that you're open to continuing to learn and continuing to teach yourself um, because I hear so many people who aren't, who are just like, you know, they're anti-AI. Yeah. They don't, they don't, they're not embracing it. They don't want it. They're afraid of it. And that kind of breaks my heart because I feel like, well, you guys are going to get left behind. Yeah. You know, you're so. totally right about that. And that's the thing. Like, and one of the other pieces that we're going to talk about next is what can you do? We're going we're gonna to talk about that next in a fraud forensic pathway, yes. if you will. So we so we'll we do, that. yeah. And we have, to, we have to take a quick break. Um, but like you said, when we get back, I want to hear more about what you're, what you're into today and, and definitely really interested in hearing a little bit more about the fraud forensic accounting. So uh, let's go to break. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network nerd enterprises incorporated is a numbers agency we offer a wide range of services from bookkeeping to financial modeling and cash flow projections our consulting services enable you to do what you do best by giving us the accounting and back office tasks that we do best. Nerd Enterprises, Inc. is one of the worldwide leaders in QuickBooks, Microsoft Excel, and other productivity-based training. If it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we log in with you so you can share your screen and we get you through it. Plus, all sessions are recorded so you can review those recordings anytime you like afterwards. For more information, visit Nerd Enterprise. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Intuit QuickBooks is dedicated to powering prosperity around the globe for accountants, small businesses, consumers, and the self-employed. With products and services like QuickBooks Online Accountant and the QuickBooks Pro Advisor Program, accounting professionals can save time, grow their practice, and act as strategic advisors to their small business clients. By working together as partners, Intuit can help you leverage the latest technologies and work with you to create tomorrow's future innovations. Go to quickbooks.intuit.com to find out more. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. To find out more, email Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. That's Seth at NerdEnterprises.com. Now, back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Authentic Accountant Podcast. I'm Erica. I'm still here with Seth, and we've been talking to our guest, uh, Don Brolin, 
Um, and we're going to get to uh, some really interesting forensic and fraud accounting with her here in just a minute. But hey, Seth, I think it might be time to uh, thank our sponsors. I'm glad you suggested that. Yes, let's pass the basket here and thank our sponsors. Right Networks helps accounting professionals like you securely transition your accounting-based desktop applications into the cloud. Regardless of which versions you're using, as a partner you can trust, we take away the burden of IT so you have more time to focus on your business. Moving your desktop and legacy applications to the cloud makes keeping close track of your finances and operations so much easier. Work from anywhere, anytime, and enjoy the added security of keeping your financial files backed up. To learn more, give Right Networks a call at 888-210-0237. For a special 10% off discount, make sure to mention Authentic Accountant before December 31st, 2018. And now wow. we're back with Don Brolin. Don, you've Welcome done some back. hosting. You mentioned hosting. You yeah. like hosting because you still use desktop and QBO, right? The right tool for the right yep. job. Yep. But here's the thing. This is where this is. I'm, I've been exploding your heads. You're all going to have to go to bed after this because you're going to be so <laughs> exhausted from the information. I have such a but headache I'm right now. I'm going to tell you, as a certified fraud examiner, I recommend hosting no matter what you're doing. If you're 100% SaaS, if you're, I don't even care. You don't even use desktop. If you haven't hired a $150,000 a year IT person, mm-hmm. or you don't know it yourself, and like you keep yourself updated on all of the newest cyber crime that's happening every minute, like every moment even, mm-hmm. we use hosting. We go into the cloud to go into the cloud. And the reason no, we do mean. That, yeah, yeah we, because we don't, if an email comes in and we click on it, it's all jacked up, you know, and, and all of a sudden we've got ransomware or whatever, you know, these companies know what they're doing when it comes to preventing and minimizing the risk of cyber fraud. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I would have to hire somebody at $150,000 a year in order to protect me. Right. And in order maybe to do my due diligence. Maybe just break that down, you know, so that the peop- some, of our, some of our listeners may not understand what that exactly means. So maybe just uh, break that down in terms of what, 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 what are you protecting by doing that, and what does that exact process look like? Sure. You know, it's interesting. The, the cyber crime is, is another big, broad type of topic that we, that we investigate, we research. Um, sure. You know, data manipulation is a big deal. I mean, of course, there's ransomware where somebody actually takes over your computer and all of your data, and they say, okay, we're going to now release it back to you if you pay us a lot of money. It's, so, like kid, it's like kidnapping information. You've kidnapped information. That's obviously a fraud. It's a crime. And it's more prevalent. And I will tell you, most importantly, to your audience, who better listen to this, and they better take it seriously. All right, listen up, people. This is coming. Dawn's about to drop a bomb. Listen up. I'm dropping this thing. I'll tell you what the problem is. And is this is people listen to information. They can only absorb so much. And I get that. But if you don't catch this one thing, you better know as an accounting professional, I don't care if you're a bookkeeper, a CPA, an EA, I don't care what you're doing. Take, you're picking up the mail. I will tell you, you are a target. You are a target for these hackers because guess what? We have the keys to the castle of America because we have the dates of birth. We have the social security numbers. We have the bank account information. We have the tax returns. We have every, the credit cards. We have everything about our clients. And if you aren't taking this seriously, you're going to lose your practice. I promise you, you will see over the course of the next one to two years, people that we know, like people that are listening right now, if they don't take action, 
they are going to be a target and they will get nailed and they will be out of business. Right. And for this reason, for these reasons that you're mentioning, Don, you know, we've gone in some respects, a, a sector of our accounting industry has gone, you know, away from desktop and servers and into pure SaaS, like you said, mm-hmm. but it's starting to move back. And not even in, in terms of what we think of traditionally as hosted, but now you have what are called thin or zero clients, right? Mm-hmm. Where you, you don't even need a computer, but you just, from wherever you are, you can access your private cloud. And that's got the security that we're talking about locked down so that you kind of force all of it. And Eric and I have looked at this a couple of times now. There are some companies out there that provide this, you know, mm-hmm. where, again, it's if you Google it, you'll learn more. It's called a zero client or a thin client where all you basically just plug into your desktop from anywhere, right? So you don't need a computer. You can use a tablet. You can use your mobile device. Any device you have can plug into your zero or thin client, and you're accessing your computer desktop remotely from anywhere, but much more secure than you could ever do having your stuff even on your own server at home. Well, and it's, it's interesting, even just the simple fact of how many people leave their office, especially even at home. Mm-hmm. Everyone's working remotely. We all work from anywhere. We're savages. Like, we can get it done <laughs> wherever we are. There's good and bad to that, right? But do you lock down your office when you leave it? Like, when you go to bed, go out of your home office and go up to your bed? You know how easy it is to come in and pick this sucker up? I mean, I just go pick up, I go pick up the, the, the desktop computer, the server. There's definitely information on there. Don't say that you don't save anything locally because that's a bunch of hogwash. Right. And plus, once I have your computer, it's pretty easy to access whatever you've got remotely exactly. anyway. So, so people, need to, people need to start paying attention. And that's some of the stuff that we're going to be working on uh, with Fight Against Fraud. Right. So just real quick and to kind of recap. So, you know, the the hardship, the struggle, it sounds like, especially in the beginning was, you know, and a lot of us go through this, especially if you're starting your own business is we don't have the resources to pay for everything. We can't even buy a computer. Right. I mean, these days, it's probably easier to get a computer. You can go to Best Buy, do a zero percent financing deal. And as long as you pay it off within 18 months, you know, and you don't have to get the most expensive thing in the world. You can get, you know, just a basic computer just so you can run your apps, especially if you're going to do all cloud, then it's not like you have to worry about a heavy resources on a laptop th- that are needed because you're, you're going to be running it all at SaaS anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, there are hardships. There are things. And, and uh, you know, without really underscoring it, what you talked about, Don, was you, you hustled, basically. You got into the roofing job to raise the money to buy the computer to do the job. And then you said you put in the hours, you put in the blood, sweat, and tears to do what it took to learn on your own because the resources weren't there that we now have today for you to learn and shorten that learning curve. Um, yeah. And I, I, I get that part of why you probably love to go teach is because you want to help people, you know, and, and make it easier for them than what you had to go through in Absolutely. order to get to where you are, right? I mean, you had to, you, look, everybody has to work for it. There's no easy, there's no shortcuts. You know, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, so, because I really want to get into now what it's like today, what you're into today. In fact, as of the day we're recording this, um, tomorrow you're going to be doing a whole webinar on forensic accounting, teaching bookkeepers, right? So let's actually talk about that for a minute because I think tradition, I think this is indicative of where everything's going. In the past, you would have never thought a bookkeeper would, you would never even think of tasking them with trying to understand forensics, right? That would be something that would be reserved for the the certified fraud examiners, right? Bookkeepers were just going to enter transactions, but times have changed. It's a different landscape, right? So we're no longer entering transactions. If you're still manually entering transactions, just quit, go find another career because you're doing it way wrong now. 
Everything's being downloaded. AI, you know, long before we even talked about AI, we were already automating and, co- you know, the coding of bank feeds and getting things to where they need to go. And just we'll always have to babysit it somewhat to make sure things do get to the right place. Um, just this week, I encountered a client where um, because of a bank rule that, you know, we just weren't paying attention, a whole bunch of loan payments went to an expense account. No mm-hmm. big deal, very easy to fix. But so the point is you still need to babysit the stuff no matter how good you get with the rules because things happen. Yeah. But you should not be making a career of manually entering transactions, which was traditionally what bookkeeping meant. It was, I looked it up in the dictionary once and the definition of bookkeeping was entering financial transactions, right? right. That definition needs hmm. to be updated in Webster's. It is no longer the definition of bookkeeping and your webinar, the fact that you're teaching forensics to bookkeepers underscores that big time because now bookkeepers are being uh, not only asked, but expected to do a much sort of higher level of work than they were ever counted on to do in the past because they can, because the resources are there to do it, to learn it and to automate it. So talk about that. Yeah. So, and I, and this is like, I get all giggly about this stuff for sure, <laughs> you know, because really it's not data entry anymore. It's data management, right. Mm-hmm. And then data analysis. So we're, we're taking yeah. those steps. We're out of the data entry that's gone. So, and I totally agree with that, but what's really interesting and where our role will change is in a couple of ways. Number one, you know, historically we didn't have the tools to capture the data that is necessary and has always been necessary to support a tax return. So if you think about it, you know, from a forensic perspective, we knowing that every expense account on that P&L is backed up by a physical document and it's a physical or a virtual document, I don't care. Wait, that's always been a rule with the IRS. And, and I would say 98, 99% of businesses don't have all of their receipts. It's just an example. So yeah. Then when you get into the, the resolution areas of, of IRS work and things like that, the bookkeepers are the ones who know where everything is. They know because they are managing that data. Now, they're managing data. Do we have, and this is something I've talked to Receipt Bank about. I've talked to Damien. I said, listen, dude, if you're d- fetching documents, you're fetching a credit card statement and you're capturing receipts, you should be able to tell me there were 50 transactions on the document and we only have 30 receipts that match. Interesting. That yes, that's brilliant. Yep. Right. So, so now we're able to say, okay, we're actually able to, to monopolize our clients in a way where we can really be proactive instead of worrying about tying out anything. Really, we're saying, hey, listen, dude, I got to keep you in compliance. Compliance is where this is going, where we're able to give them that direction and say, hey, you're missing 20 receipts. And you know what? That other guy, he's got no receipts uploaded. And then I go in and we like tear them apart. I beat people up. And I say, listen, you're expecting me to help you, but you don't even want to stink and help yourself. You should probably go get a job because you're not responsible enough. And that's one of the checklists that we're working on is the responsibilities of being a business owner. Yeah. So when somebody refuses to be in compliance and doesn't get you the 20 receipts that you need, do you challenge them to a game of rundown? Um, yes, and I mock them slightly, and also cornhole. Yes, I know. I know. Eric, it's funny that you say that because Eric and I recently went to a camp out and Cornhole was um, a part of it. We, we actually it was very popular. And played it. It was a lot of fun. And very- yeah. And so, well, and by the way, when I was, uh, I was at home visiting my parents uh, right after the camp out in August and uh, I sunk four holes in one turn, four Love of those it. bags. Yeah. I, I signed the board. I yeah. signed the board. You shut up. Awesome. 
That's awesome. So, so, so I know- yeah, back to this, because this is important and we're actually running short on time. Yeah. So I want to get through this because, all right. So I love that. idea. I wouldn't even thought of that until this moment you said it, but that's brilliant that, you know, if somebody like receipt bank can and should be telling me here are the 20 receipts you're missing. Cause we have the way we have a way to go retrieve those receipts. I can go back to the source if I need to and get a copy. Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing is, you know, as the way the IRS, and I'm just going to keep it really like dumb it down a little bit just for mm-hmm. myself. Um, but what the IRS code says is you're required to have the, and this, I mean, you're using, I'm using receipts as an example because it's an easy one. Mm-hmm. You know, you're required to have the receipts in the format in which the world is operating at that time. So back in the day, we had those, the receipts that now you can't read them because they're all gone. You know, the thermal oh, receipts. The ink is worn off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, even if someone's using a thermal receipt still, which they are, if you capture that picture on a phone and it goes up in the cloud, it will never fade. How about that? It's magic. That's why I love Bilbies, because I either snap a photo of a receipt and send it to them, or I forward the email that's got it attached, which is already preserved because it's electronic. But either way, everything goes over to Bilbies, which is an app I use to capture receipts. In addition to receipt, you know, there's different ones that serve different purposes. But ultimately, as long as you have one of these services where you can preserve it digitally, then you have a permanent record that can't be altered that the IRS will accept. Yeah. And so, and there's like nine, we could talk for like seven years about this. And I'm, this is something that I'm so passionate about. Mm-hmm. I've got a website that I'm developing right now. It's called uh, fightagainstfraud.com. And that's F-A- where hashtag FAF or FAF comes from. We talked about FAF. That earlier. FAF. So, yeah. Fight against fraud. FAF. So, um, yeah. and, and, I, and really what that's going to just be about is just helping people be more aware. I want to say this about applications because this is critical right now from a forensic perspective Everyone is so hung up on the efficiencies that applications do for you. Okay, well, that's cool. You know what? That was so yesterday. Like, yeah, duh. Yeah, they're, that's what they're for. That's a portion of it, but there's three. It's for efficiency. It's for backing up those tax returns and implementing reasonable, reasonable, reasonable costs for internal control purposes. Mm-hmm. So those applications, they make you efficient. But listen, if you use a full, full payroll service and not have a bookkeeper doing your payroll, you're going to minimize the risk of being, of being um, having payroll taxes being stolen. They're still being stolen, people. And it takes an average of 36 months to detect that fraud. Mm-hmm. So, you know, applications are more than efficiency. And I just, I want to punch everybody who's not listening to me. So if you don't agree with me, Please find me at QB Connect so we can have a fist fight about it. Yeah. <laughs> and let me know where it's going to be because I want to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let's so- go, people. <laughs> like, are we doing this or are we not? Are we trusted advisors or are we not? Yeah. Let's go. Yep. And make sure you do sign up for QuickBooks Connect. QuickBooksConnect.com because all three of us will be there, Erica, myself, and you, Don, and lots of other really interesting people. And you will get an opportunity to get punched in the face by Don. And not not everybody can say that that's happened. I can. I've been punched in the face by Don several Mm -hmm. times. Yeah, several times. And and look look where it's gotten you, Seth. I know. Look, I'm like world famous now. Yes, you are. Right. Yes, you are. So, I mean, you know, it's, you know, if you connect the dots here, you know, punched in the face oh, by Don, world famous, you know, there's probably a, a link there somewhere. 
Um, oh, dear. Anyway, oh, dear. so Don, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. Um, I definitely want to have you back during the break. We talked about I want to invite you and Gene Marks back into the same episode. It will be off the typical format because I just want to talk about like fraud and auditing stories like Gene has that are just hilarious. And I think we'll have a good time. So I want to thank you again for taking the time to be with us. Um, I'm honored and flattered that you that you would take the time. And I just I got nothing but love for you, Don, and really appreciate you being here. Well, I want to thank you, Seth, because you are my conference boyfriend, and I love Erica. Erica and I are going to tear up San Jose, and I, I am honored to need to. Yeah, oh yeah, we are uh, coming because you guys are you guys are changing the face of accounting. You're helping people learn what they need to do, and that's priceless to people. And I hope that people understand that that it really is what you guys are doing to help the industry. So I want to thank you for that. Oh, Excellent. All right. Thank you so much, Don, Erica, another great episode. And uh, we will see you wait, in wait. the next episode of The Authentic Hub. But wait. Before we go, mm-hmm. please go, go uh, get on our Facebook group at The Authentic Accountant Podcast mm-hmm. on Facebook. And uh, we can continue the conversation there. Yep. Join the Facebook group wherever you see this posted. Uh, and, and if you're watching on Voice America, you see the links on the right. There's a link to our Facebook group right there. So you can click on it, join the group. We'll let you in and we can continue the conversation. I'm going to invite Dawn into the group against her will. So oh, that no, you I can ask Dawn with questions. She wants in. She's tapping right. in. She's and I'm going to start a topic and we're going to go at it. Perfect. Yeah. All right. I'll invite you in right after we finish this recording. We'll see you all on our next episode next week. Thank you for tuning in. New episodes of the Authentic Accountant Podcast are heard every week on the Voice America Business Channel and on your favorite podcast site. Please join Seth David and Erica Ed again soon for another edition and another complete story of success. The Authentic Accountant is sponsored by Intuit. Intuit helps you leverage the latest technologies and works with you to create tomorrow's future innovations for your firm. Visit quickbooks.intuit.com.